But I know sooner or later there'll be a time for me to retire. But tonight, right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and in front of the world, I have to announce to you that I will never retire! <laughs> I will only retire when I'm dead in this ring! Over my dead body! I've got too much juice left! Woo! I'm still rich boy! I love this business! I'm going nowhere! Thank you! no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Look at that. I'm already rusty because uh, the wait is uh, over, folks. No wait either. This is what I have affectionately been calling uh, the end of the beginning, the uh, the final season of Banal of America audio, season 10. We're going to end the seasonal format with the next uh, 30 or so shows, and then God knows what we're going to do, but it's been a long time coming. People are very excited about the uh, start of Season 10. It is uh, the end of the beginning, as I say, and, and I guess since this is the season premiere, it's the beginning of the end of the beginning. And, of course, we cannot even talk about doing Banal of America audio without uh, our traditional season premiere guest. He is the man who uh, inadvertently pushed me into all this via his amazing book, Rule by Secrecy. If I hadn't picked that book up at the uh, store, oh, God probably almost 15 years ago now, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have uh, devoted all my life to this stuff. It's scary to think about, but it's been a long, 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 long road, and it began uh, with Rule by Secrecy for me. And so this, uh, our guest always holds a special place in my heart. He's the author of, as I said, Rule by Secrecy, Alien Agenda, Psy Spies, The Terror Conspiracy, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Trillion Dollar Conspiracy, Our Occulted History, Population Control, How Corporate Owners Are Killing Us. Of course, Crossfire, the book that uh, was a critical part of Oliver Stone's JFK movie. And he's got a new book coming out on June 13th titled The Illuminati, The Secret Society That Hijacked the World. And he's also uh, 
involved with a reissuing of Battlefield Earth. Uh, that's the folks who helped us get this. Uh, so we'll talk about the new book. We'll talk about the Battlefield Earth stuff. We'll talk about Donald Trump. I really want to get his opinion on all that and uh, a whole lot more. So uh, welcome back to the show, Jim. Thank you very much for coming back on the show. Uh, you know, you're a hero and a friend, so I'm, I'm excited to be talking to you. It's been way, way, way too long since we've chatted. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, I just hope that you're not coming after me <laughs> for for setting you on the course down the rabbit hole. No, 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 no. My mother, my mother might have a want to have a word or two with you, but I think I think we're good. You know, you know that's funny because uh, early on years ago uh, she passed away. Now, but my mother uh, uh, once got on me. She says, uh, she said, aren't you aren't you worried about? Uh, talking about all these people in government and all these people that are, uh, you know, running the show and everything. He says, don't, don't you think that could be dangerous? Maybe, 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 maybe not be, ought to not be doing that. And you know what I told her? I said, I said, hey, look, I said, what if the mothers of Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin and John Adams said, hey, you're messing with the British Empire. That's the strongest empire in the world. Maybe you not I'll not be doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's true. That's absolutely true. Now I know people are going to be asking because you had to cancel some stuff in uh, April. How are you feeling? What's going on with the health update? You know, reassure folks uh, who, who may have been may have been nervous here. Uh, well, it's uh, it's not uh, it's not real good, but it's not real bad. Uh, I it's just that um, I've I've had some um, health issues. And uh, I think it's curtailing me from traveling uh, a lot uh, as far as, like, speaking on the telephone, getting my work done, doing my, you know, I'm doing okay. Right, okay. So, uh, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate um, this. The one fellow there in uh, Philadelphia uh, that I was scheduled to appear, and uh, I, I just told him, I said, I'm sorry, I'm just really kind of sick and I can't make this. And he said, I understand that. He said, but could I get you to write a little blurb and post it on the Internet? Because he said, I've got people here claiming that I'm a, a con man and that I never would, never did have anybody lined up uh, as a guest, you know, and that uh, it's just a scam for making money. And I said, no, 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 I'll be glad to help you out there. So I, I just wrote that little bitty piece saying, I, due to health reasons, I I couldn't uh, make that particular uh, event. And uh, uh, Tim, you wouldn't believe it, that guy, hundreds and hundreds of uh, Facebook messages from people, you know, that I don't even know, and they're all going, God, come on, man, we're praying for you, we know you, we love you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, man, you're uh, beloved, you know, man, you're absolutely, you know, a, I've, done, I've done with a lot of folks in this field, and you're, you know, you're what beloved, out, man, you're yeah, beloved. What an outpouring, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, it was really quite... Uh, quite shocking and, and, and encouraging. It's like, wow, you mean there really is somebody out there reading it? <laughs> oh, man, there's lots of us. There's lots of us. And as soon as folks knew I was getting you back on the show, they were asking me to ask you what was going on because they were uh, worried, man. So nah, that's good nah, to know. It's, uh, it's good to it's know. Just, you know it's, I, guess, I guess what it boils down to is old age. <laughs> and uh, I, don't, yeah. I, don't care, I don't care what they say. <laughs> getting old is 
just a bitch. It really is, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I was thinking about it. We were, we were talking back, I think, like in uh, 2004, 2005. That's how long ago it's been since we first started doing these interviews. And uh, uh-huh. it's it's amazing. It's just the world's changed so much since then. Uh, you know, you know, yeah. I was thinking about that, too. Think about this, Tim. You know, back when, you know, say, say when we first did a show, uh, every few weeks uh, uh, an issue or a, a event would come up, you know, and everybody would go, wow, and you'd want to talk about it. But it seems like now it's almost like every other day. Yeah. You know, is time speeding up? I don't know what's going on. I mean, I think a lot has to do with this, like, we're part of this crazy social media world, you know, where it's like uh, this, the Internet's changed everything um, yeah. so yeah. much. It's really it's really scary in a way, you know. It's it's uh, sure. People's lives get destroyed and, <laughs> and all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff. I mean, it's yeah. just absolutely wild. Um, I mean, I don't think you and I even could have – I mean, what, what what I was doing back then was was crazy, you know. It was like, what yeah. is what is this? You're doing a radio show on the internet, like the, I, I tell people all the time. It wasn't even called. There wasn't any such thing as podcasting, you know. So and now it's like, oh my god, it's 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 just everywhere uh, all the time. It's it's really uh, it's crazy. So that's right. But uh, but I think that's also uh, that's uh, helps speed up the general. Education and thought processes of the human herd. You know, uh, we we learn things quicker, we learn things faster, uh, and uh, all of a sudden it's like uh, things are really rolling along. Right, right. Yeah, we talked. Uh, we talked, the first time we did the interview was August fourth, two thousand five. So almost wow. al- almost twelve years. And uh, wow. it's fun- yeah, and we and it's funny now. It was like it, it's just crazy in a lot of ways the way things have evolved. You know, because when we first started talking two thousand five, we were we were right in the heart of the whole nine eleven thing. Now it's like nine eleven's old news. You know, right. it's scary. It, it, except it's not. No, of course <laughs> you not. Know, they, they, there's still there's still people running around who have no idea that a third building collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, strangeness there. Now, I guess uh, to I, I guess what I mean, what do you what are you thinking right now with this world? Because like I find things just so. God, confusing, and, and right. also I, I marvel at the current state of the world in a sense because, like, what you and I have done, especially you, really, for years, and I've just sort of followed your work and followed the work of other people and stuff. But I mean, the, you know, the dreaded uh, c-word conspiracy, um, you know, that was like verboten, right? Uh, until it seems almost like it seems like almost until. Um, you know, this last year, it's like this, this whole, and now it's like conspiracies are everywhere, you know, thanks in large part to Donald Trump, and thanks in large part to the people who were uh, against him on both, I mean, all sides have their pet conspiracy, it's absolutely unbelievable, it really is to see from someone who's been in this field for like years and years, it's unbelievable to see the world now, uh, it's like everyone's a conspiracy theorist, (laughs) I know it's wild, I know it's it's kind of like oh my god the the paranoids are after me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, well, listen, you're going to really enjoy the new book, the Illuminati, the secret society that hijacked the world, mm. because that I think will help put together 
a lot of this stuff. It's kind of a follow-on to rule by secrecy, except in rule by secrecy, we're just kind of hitting the high points. And uh, this one, this one, I think we get into all the detail of uh, who, who, how, where, when, why, and uh, it'll help, uh, I think, put it together for you. And what's spooky is, is going into it, I'd heard all the stories about the Illuminati. Illuminati, and they're behind everything, you know. And uh, I quite—I was quite cynical about all that. I said, nah, come on, you know. Yes, there are conspiracies, but, uh, you know, just this one grand conspiracy that's behind everything, behind the communists, behind the Nazis, behind the terrorists, behind everything, you know. I said, that's a little far-fetched. Uh, uh, until you start digging into it. Right. And then you find out the connections, the fact that it goes back all the way to uh, the attempts to control humanity that uh, that goes back as far as uh, pre-biblical days. And it's like all of a sudden, and then you realize that uh, the, the Bavarian Illuminati, which once they were outlawed and broken up, they uh, they folded themselves into Freemasonry, and uh, then took on aspects of a lot of the other secret societies, the Assassins, the Roshanas, the the Essenes, uh, the uh, Gnostics, and uh, and all of a sudden it's uh, you realize that they created the League of the Just, which then changed its name to the Communist Party once they decided they wanted world revolution. And then uh, with the uh, reaction against that, we see the rise of National Socialism, which was uh, in German, the acronym is Nazi. And so it's like, holy cow, they really kind of are behind everything. Mm. It's pretty crazy. Now, I guess it, it's such a divisive topic, but you have to discuss Donald Trump. What is going? What? What? Well, I remember when I saw you in Aurora last April. You and I were both kind of scratching our heads, like trying to figure out what the hell was going on with this thing. And now he's the president. So I mean, well, I assume you've been following this very closely. Like, very what close. the hell? What the hell happened, man? I don't get it. I really don't get how this. I mean, I understand how he was elected in the sense that yeah. you know he appealed to people and with the way he uh, ran. You know, ran for president and everything. I understand yeah. that, but it's like, if there really is uh, these secret societies like pulling the strings, like what is their motivation to install him as the president? What What do you think? Well, uh, the Clintons had become very obvious. They were the most corrupt outfit ever. Okay, selling our uranium to Russia and and uh, being lax with national security and, you know, and uh, pushing for New World Order, pushing for the Trans-Pacific Partnership, everything, you know, just just pushing us straight down this road to uh, socialism. And uh, I think what happened was here, number one, uh, the good part of it is, is that uh, most people saw uh, this election, not so much as an election, but as a referendum for the new world order. And just like the people in Britain said, despite the, the uh, pleas and, and and encouragement of their leaders and their media pundits, said, no, oh, we're pulling out of the European Union. Right. And that caught them by surprise. They weren't ready for that. 
and I think they weren't ready for a Donald Trump. And uh, But the problem was, who was really Donald Trump all along? And uh, that's the $64,000 question. He said a lot of the right things and got a lot of the people who were believing him on his side. And then, but now his uh, follow-through has been uh, particularly dismal. Right, right, uh, right. All he's done is just put more of those neocons and and hawks into office. This this is the big this is the big elephant in the living room. Uh, it, they they get us whipped from pillar to post, arguing over social uh, issues, stem cell research, and. Uh, same-sex bathrooms, and I don't know, right, 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 stupid stuff. When in reality, the thing that's killing this country is, is that uh, we're spending, uh, you know, the greater portion of our wealth on what they euphemistically call defense, but actually, it's just war. It's the war machine. Right, right. We're we're fighting in all these different countries. And I think that's why Bernie Sanders saw such a resurgence of support as people were beginning to think, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe we don't need to be fighting in every little two-bit country and sending all our money, not to mention the lives of our young men and women, over to these, uh, you know, these places that a lot of people can't even pronounce, much less don't even know where they are. And... uh, Trump seemed to follow on some of that, and then now he's turned around. He's invaded Syria and uh, uh, yeah. you know other places. He's that, trying to start a war with North Korea, it seems. And North Korea, for God's sakes! And 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 what's that all about? North Korea is you know that's the little yappy dog that just you know growls and and stiffens up and and barks, and they're trying to keep the big dogs off of him, you know. And uh, all we got—the way I look at it—is all we got to do is leave him alone, and he'd probably uh, go away. Because, but here, North Korea. What? Okay, let's say they—they—they they were able to build a bomb and get it over here, which so far they haven't shown that, that inclination. There, you know, they, every time they have a big test, it either blows up or falls over or something. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, but let's say they finally get one that works. And uh, he's going to fire it over here. Well, they can only reach the West Coast, so it looks like San Francisco or uh, Seattle might be in danger. All right, but say they say they were to hit one of those places, uh, that would be a disaster. That would be 9/11 all over again. We right. would be we would go nuts, of course. But would that destroy the United States of America? Would we fall on our knees and say, oh, please take us over? You know? Yeah, yeah. We're not going to start learning Korean because they, they dropped yeah. a nuclear bomb on them. We're going to wipe no. them off the face of the earth. Exactly. We would turn North Korea into a smoking pit. <laughs> and so I, I just, what's the big – this is just – and besides that, hey, Tim, you know enough to know by now that when you get to that level, when you're talking about who's running the country – a country, any country, and how that they are deal with each other and the banks they have to go through to to get the money to do the things they do and all like that. It's all tied together. Right, right. And it's all a deal. Okay. You know this stuff about oh he's shooting missiles, no he's rattling the saber. That's that's just window dressing. Yeah, yeah. It's like we don't necessarily right, right. This he this whole thing could be being you know orchestrated. 
from China or something. They might yeah. they might see this as the opportunity to finally get in there and take this guy out because they don't but they don't want to see the bad guy, so they're trying to like you know manipulate us into doing it. Who knows? Who knows? But it's very it's just all very strange. And like you said, I don't quite. Donald Trump's just so enigmatic. It's very hard to figure out what his deal is, much less like what his motivations are or whatnot, you know? Well, that's the problem. It, it's beginning to look like he just really doesn't have any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it, it seems that way. He goes with whichever way the wind's blowing, whichever the way his relatives tell him. Right. Right, you know? He seems like, you know, it's funny. It seems, it seems like he, he uh, yeah. Well, we always say the president's just a figurehead. It seems like he right. just wants to be the right. figurehead without doing any of the other stuff. But. Well, and that's why everybody went for him is because at least the, he early on he projected this image of someone <coughs> kind of outside the mainstream, outside the, the uh, you know, the controlling bunch, you know, and somebody kind of a maverick who, who might actually go the distance uh for, for for the best interest of the people of the country, but it doesn't look like it's going that way. Yeah, well, I mean, I imagine in a way it must be kind of like hard too, because you win the election in a huge surprise, and then it's like you, that you you have to rely on the people that run the government. You right. know what I mean? So it's like you can't overturn you can't overturn the government without the help of the people in the government. So it's like it's quite a it's quite a crazy situation. It's great. Yeah, it, it's a crazy situation. Bad now, what do you think of this whole Russian conspiracy theory that that they <laughs> that they got him elected? That, that it was collusion. The collusion. Conspiracy oh, come on, theory. come on! At, at a certain level up there, when you're talking about the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the Clintons and the Bushes and the the Putins, uh, you know, they're, they're all in touch. They all work together. They all understand what's going on, and they're going to work in their own self-interest, the self-interest of the ruling elite. Okay? Right. And uh, and uh, they're they're not going to allow anybody in that's going to be that radically different. Uh, and the thing is, if if the Russians can influence our elections, we wouldn't have had Barack Hussein Obama for eight years. I suppose that's true, but I guess the lot of the the well, lot just the now, is, well, after eight years, they finally figured out how to how to how to manipulate. Yeah, them. well, I guess my understanding is that they like that they um that they got these voter lists and then they micro targeted people online with like news and stuff to to, to sway because they had they knew exactly who to get and they had uh you know like computer programs that that swapped these people with like. Negative news to keep them from voting. That's the theory. That's the theory, but I'd say you're skeptical of that. I'm highly skeptical of that. I think one of the things that happened is is that I think that they 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 were making statements, they were doing things, running things on RT and 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 all like that that may have swayed some number of people, you know, towards the whole thing. But but the bottom line, as they say, is. Uh, they're they're they were not they're not going to change anybody's mind or opinion. It's uh, you know, and and as far as trying to influence people, God, it, it, don't we all do that? It's called lobbying. Yeah. I mean, we we got uh, you know twenty lobbyists for for everyone representing the public up in Washington now. Yeah, I know. That's uh, crazy. So we've already got all that. You know, uh, it's, now it's. Uh, 
it's just nuts. There is a general consciousness rising that's going on. Uh, again, we see that reflected in the uh, vote for uh, uh, Trump, even though it looks like it may have now been misplaced. At least, uh, you know, we were operating on the information we had at the time, and uh, it's uh, and it shows that the bulk of the people are are uh, restless. <laughs> they they don't want to keep pushing in the same old way that we have in the past. Now, I was wondering, do you do these interviews at this time of night so you get out of doing the dishes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> smart man, smart man. I like it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's... It's absolutely wild, man. I don't even know. Uh, I just don't know what what to say anymore. It's like, like I said, I guess why do you think we talked about this sort of like conspiracy culture that's emerged in the last year or so, but like why? Why do you think now all of a sudden it's okay to talk about conspiracies? Why is it like, you know? Well, because all of a sudden we now know that, see, they've done a really good job. You, You go back to the late 60s. And I have the CIA documents where they were sending out to all of their assets, and that includes not only just members of the CIA and, and CIA agents and stuff, but also uh, news people connected, news people who would swap uh, information, you know, for good uh, for good coverage uh, for CIA stories and just anyone that would listen to them. And they sent this message out, and it, and it was uh, to try to counteract the uh, Warren Commission critics, okay, who said uh, Kennedy can't, you know, couldn't have been killed by the one lone nut. There's got to be a big conspiracy here, mm-hmm. and uh, and at that they they outline and tell you exactly, you know, if somebody tries to say there was a conspiracy, then you say they're just trying to sell books or they don't know what they're talking about, or they don't have all the information like the government does, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it outlined the whole thing, and sure enough, it's exactly what we see uh, reflected in the mass media. Um, Same arguments, same same, uh, rationale. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and that held up for so many years because if you try to say something's a conspiracy, then you were a conspiracy theorist, right? Okay, and so, and somehow that, you know, did not uh, did not equate to being a thinking, knowledgeable person. Yeah, you're a kook. You're a nut. Yeah. Although I've got a little sign here in my office that says a conspiracy theorist is someone who. Questions the statements and actions of proven and repeated liars. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty which accurate. Is, which is pretty true. Now, where that changed, Tim, was 9/11. 9/11 was a conspiracy. Come on, man. There's you know separate planes, separate hijackers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all even if you believe the mainstream version, yeah, it was conspiracy. Yeah, so. you know, even according to the official version, you know, it's a conspiracy. Uh, even though we were lied to about everything uh, connected to it, the uh, uh, the John Farmer, who was the senior counsel to the official Bush-appointed 9/11 Commission, even 
as publicly stated, that the account that they were given and that they gave to the Congress and the media and the public uh, of what happened that morning is uh, entirely and inexplicably untrue. What? Yeah. So, you know, so now we got a conspiracy not only to commit this dastardly act, but now we got a conspiracy to cover it up and not tell people what actually happened. And that's been gnawing on uh, the body politic ever since, and and then growing because of the uh, ever-increasing uh, disbelief of the public to the uh, lone assassin theory of the Kennedy assassination, which has uh, been totally blown out of the water by anyone who wants to stop and really actually look at the evidence. And right. So, and so I think that that has led now to a situation where today it's like a conspiracy. Sure, there's conspiracies, and yeah, it could be a conspiracy. It's just the problem is uh, since the uh, officialdom, the government, will not fess up and say, okay, here's the truth, and tell us the truth about any number of things, then it leaves a conspiracy, it leaves the field to the conspiracy theorist. And sometimes they're dead on, and sometimes they're way far out, you know, but but we're never going to get anywhere, and it's nothing's going to get better until we start dealing from a standpoint of truthful information. Yeah. Well, here's a this is a good pivot point from there, and that's uh, I was reading an article the other day, um, that these these JFK files are due to be released in yeah. October, and yeah. only if Trump says it's okay. Oddly enough, like, which is kind of neat in a way because he's a conspiracy fan, it seems. So, uh, do you think he'll uh, release the files? And uh, I mean, you, I'm sure you know probably as much about them as anybody possibly can. So, I mean, what what do we know about these files and what might be in them? Well, that's going to be the litmus test, okay? Mm, exactly. If, that's uh, what I was thinking if, when I read the article. Uh, if he says, okay, release everything, then, you know, uh, maybe, he's, maybe he's on the level. Maybe he's trying to uh, bring a little truth and light out to everybody. But if he hems and hauls around like Obama did and like other presidents have and go, well, we'll release a little bit of this, but now we, we'll keep this hidden away and we, we don't want this out. This has national security implications then we'll know that he's just another tool job. Right. Well, what what do we know is in the files, though? I mean, uh, well, I, I, I understand, like, much. they have a little bit of an idea. So, I mean, what do you, what do you no, know about them? Nothing much. <laughs> you know, I think uh, anyone who's looking for a thank you note from Lyndon Johnson to <laughs> Oswald is, is in for a disappointment. But what it is going to show is just more and more details uh, showing that Oswald was connected to the government, as his mother always said, uh, working probably through Office of Naval Intelligence, then the CIA, and maybe even the FBI. That's been established just through the internal message traffic uh, as deciphered by uh, military historians uh, based on CIA uh, message traffic, which is now available. You know, the little code routings and everything, you know where it's going, know who's yeah. getting that. They, it's now shown and been uh, proven that Oswald was being used operationally by the CIA prior to the assassination. 
so, you know, a, a lot of that's already out. It just has not been proven up. So as things come out and as we release the last of the documents being held, and even then you're not going to get anything because when the uh, Oliver Stone movie came out and there was great public pressure to release all the documents having to do with the assassination. The, right, right. Uh, These are the documents that are left over that they wouldn't release. Yeah, the, the Congress passed the uh, Assassination Records Review Board, uh, and they were going to—they were supposed to release everything, you know. But for example, they went to the Secret Service and said, "We want your working papers for that day." In other words, what all your agents, what notes, what they write down, what they see, what they know, what they know about, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the Secret Service says, uh, oh, well, gee, we lost them. We burned them. What? And this was after they'd been told they wanted them subpoenaed by Congress. So, see, there's still a great resistance on the part of some elements within the uh, federal government to release anything that might be incriminating or might shed light on the coup of 1963. Right, right. So do you? I guess. I guess we don't know, right? We'll just kind of wait to see if he's going to release yes, these have files. To or wait, not. Have to wait and see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Now on to a different, a whole different sort of conspiracy in a sense is this uh, is the UFO thing. I haven't, like I said, I haven't talked to you in a couple of years, so I'm interested right. in your thoughts on where things seem to be going and everything. Uh, you know, even though I knew it was all kind of a sham and sh- and kind of a show, I was optimistic that the Clinton thing with the disclosure would kind of like at least maybe uh, you know a rising tide lifts all ships. I was yeah. hoping that that. that I think pop- they were just playing to the audience. Yeah, yeah, but what I mean, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I think it was a show and a sham, but I also think like that, just even a rising tide lifts all ships. Just even if it generates interest, a positive interest, it could help. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, that's true. That's true, and, and that is working. Uh, there is less and less resistance towards trying to talk uh, sensibly about the UFO issue. Uh, and they are here. They are real. The question is, you know, who are they and what do they want? Uh, and that's what we're working on. And that's what, uh, again, you'll find some uh, some clues and some tracking in my new book, uh, The Illuminati, The Secret Society That Hijacked the World. Because they, uh, that goes back to some uh, very ed- educated and thoughtful men and women who were putting together knowledge based on stuff that's been handed down since uh, the ancient astronauts, if you want to call them that. And uh, the evidence is pretty plain. Uh, so, yes, and I think that's what's happening. Uh, for example, when uh, you and I started off here and we had a program like this, invariably somebody would call in and say, get that guy off the air. He's a nut, man. Talk about UFOs. <laughs> Talk about aliens. You know, come on. Hey, uh, I don't know about you, but I don't hear that anymore. Okay. No, no. I mean, if you look at the mainstream science stuff going on, it's like it certainly seems like they're nibbling around the edges of of uh, right of of disclosure in a sense, you know, where they're like, I, I think maybe they're trying to find the right way to sort of like unfold this whole thing where they might just be like, <laughs> they're out there, but they're way out there and they can't hurt us or anything. And then kind of maybe work their way. <laughs> That's right. Towards, That's, uh, they're coming here or something, but 
they uh, yeah they're trying to figure out how to let us know that they're real and they're here uh without admitting that well yeah and we've known about this since 1947 we've just lied to you <laughs> right right but if we well, it, it kind of what you're saying though i think with this illuminati uh book and and research is that uh maybe 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 more maybe they knew they like the powers that be or whatever they they've known all along about the aliens and it's just like it's just that the the world didn't find out until this this UFO boom that started in the 40s. That's true. That's true. And it didn't quite put it all together. Um, the uh, yeah, I you know I live right here near Aurora, Texas, where That's right. where they had the famous crash of uh, 1897, and um, it, it's they knew back then that something was going on because I found out that. Uh, they came along, they had law enforcement people show up, and they were taking up the wreckage, and they were hauling it away in wagons. So somebody somewhere knew this was going on, even back before uh, the turn of the 20th century. Uh, so, uh, But I think, uh, to their defense, I think they, the powers that be actually kind of believed that maybe it would be in the best interest of everyone not to... Uh, not to get into that, okay, and not to admit that uh, that there were things flying in our atmosphere, and we we not only did not know who they were, but uh, we we couldn't really do anything about it. Right, right. This was like, yeah, this was like in the late 1800s. So yeah, it yeah. makes sense that uh, they couldn't but, even uh, but, uh, fathom it. But things have changed, you know. Mm. I think if uh, President Trump was to come on TV tomorrow. And in all seriousness, say, uh, folks, we've uh, discovered that there is life uh, outside the Earth, and I think it's been visiting here possibly for thousands of years. Uh, and that's a good thing because uh, that means if their desire was to attack us and blow us up or conquer the world or whatever, they would have done it long before now. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, we don't think it's uh, any immediate danger, and the, your government is keeping its eye on the situation, and we'll keep you informed. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody would, you know, the bills would still come in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people you know, would still have to go to work. Life would still go on. We'd all get up and still go to work. And I don't think it would be that big a deal. But, see, the problem is that right now they, there's nobody in uh, office who, who uh, has the cojones to, to stand up and say, yeah, okay, okay, we lied to you for 70 years. Yeah. Right, right. There's no really elegant way to get out of the the cover-up. That's right. Unless they, you know, I've, I've theorized that they'll just uh, – They'll just stage a, an event, or hope for an event, or wait for an event like like a Roswell crash, yeah, and pretend and pretend like they're starting from scratch there. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my God, they're real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hey, give us the last of your liberties so we can protect you, from <laughs> space invaders. Yeah, and you know, but say, think about this, Tim. How are they going to make that work if nobody believes there's anything out there? And the polls going back into the 1950s, 60s, 70s, shows the, uh, and to a good extent today, shows that a, a good percentage of the population just does not believe 
that there's aliens and that uh, they have the capacity to come to the to this world or that they might actually be able to do something, you know. Yeah. So how can they mount a false flag? How can they get us terrified of an of a fake alien invasion if nobody believes there's anything there. So, see, we've been undergoing this conditioning process where, oh, they little, we see a little of this, we get a report of that, somebody sees somebody picking in their window, they, you know, something lands in the highway. Yeah. Da, 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 and, and it's always just tantalizing. It's just enough that, well, there's something going on there, but... But yet we don't have it in hand. We can't take a picture of it. We can't measure it. We can't, right. You know, and the the times where they do have a crash and they do have some material objects or whatever, the government takes it up and hides it away. Okay, mm-hmm. and then and acts like it didn't never happened. So I think we've been in a conditioning process, and uh, but now see it's really worked because uh, the national polls. In the 50s, showed that virtually no one believed there was any kind of intelligent life outside the Earth. Today, it's quite the opposite. The uh, vast majority of people uh, re- respond and say, "Yes, we think probably there's somebody out there. We just haven't quite met them yet." You know. And so now, see, now we're prime. Now, especially among younger people who grew up with. Uh, Star Trek and Star Wars and, you know, aliens and, you know, sure, okay. And uh, now you tell them, yeah, we got word that a fleet's on the way to conquer the world and you've got to uh, join ranks with us to fight them off, you know. They're going (laughs) to, a lot of people are going to go, they're going to go for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we, like I said, we've been talking since 2005 and, I mean, I'd have to check to be sure, but I'm pretty sure we predate that whole Kepler thing, so it's like, when we first talked, there was, maybe, I think they thought maybe there was like 12 planets or something, or something like that, you know, at least nine that I know of, for sure, the ones I was taught in school, and I think maybe there was some hanging around, and now it's like, there's hundreds, hundreds of planets they've found, hundreds and hundreds of planets, it's like, it seems like it's almost inevitable that, you know, they're going to put all the pieces together. Yeah, that's why, uh, that's why uh, it's, uh, science fiction is having a resurgence, having to come back, people are paying more attention to it because what was rabid science fiction a few years ago now looks like it might be, you know, science on the verge of happening. Uh, It's, uh, for example, yeah, you mentioned uh, they do have the new edition of Battlefield Earth out by L. Ron Hubbard. Yes, yes, I'm glad we talked about this, yeah. That that was one of the uh, top-selling science fiction books ever. Back in the early 80s, I guess, and uh, it's what's interesting is is that it, it kind of parallels uh, what's happening in the world today. In that, unlike some of the more recent films like uh, Independence Day, where they come down, try to blow up everything, and eat everybody, uh, this is a story of uh, the intergalactic banks loaning money to the intergalactic. Mining company corporation, yeah, which then gets the contract to strip mine the earth, but they're under a time restraint. You know, they've got to do it within a certain time, and and it looks like they may not be able to make their deadline thanks to these pesky humans that are here, and so it's really an interesting story about how that the humans 
uh, ragtag little remnants of humanity, and they all get together to uh, try to regain mastery over over the earth. And but again, it's it's not like a alien invasion type thing. It's more like a, a an alien business deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, Cut a deal and listen, and and that seems to be what's happening here. You know, we're fighting these wars all around the the world, and when you really look at it, it's it's, it's not for it's for oil, it's for pipelines, it's for poppy fields, it's for everything in the world except uh, you know freedom and democracy. Right, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's funny we. Uh... We have made it this far, like 12 years now, and there's still no, like, one-world government or anything. So a lot of the things we were worried about back then haven't taken place. I know it's sort of like the the frog boiling in the water situation, but at the same time it's like, well, they haven't got us with microchips yet, although I think the phones are really the microchips. That's my theory. That, uh, I think you're right, especially yeah. the cell phones. Yeah, know. that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and now... They're they're trying to put in these smart meters, which are going to monitor everything going on in your home. Uh, absolutely no privacy. Plus, they're dangerous. Plus, they've been known to set fires. Plus, they uh, uh, they produce what they call dirty electricity because it's just spraying electromagnetic energy all out into the atmosphere. And we've got enough of that problem right now with cell phones and cell towers and all like that. Yeah. And this is adding to it. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. If you say the power company will tell you, oh, well, it's perfectly safe. Well, yeah, maybe the one at your house is safe, but what about when you add that to uh, the thousands of your neighbors and in your neighborhood, and they're all beaming this electromagnetic signals at the same time? Uh, you know, it, it, it can harm you. It can fry you. It really can, and yet nobody seems to be paying any attention. It's just, well, this is the latest thing. Oh, okay. Or what's even worse is I'm being told we want to put a smart meter on your home, and I said, no, I don't think so. I'll just keep an old analog meter. You know, it doesn't spray the electromagnetic energy like that one does, and they go, well, okay, but if you do that, we're going to charge you $300 a year plus $75 a month. Jesus. To, to harm yourself, <laughs> you know. There's all kinds of scientific papers and studies showing that it causes all kinds of problems, especially with people with weak immunization systems, smart meters, pacemakers, and things. I've heard a little bit about these, but not enough that. Not enough. You need to look into. I was it. Everybody worried. needs to look into this before they get us totally wired up, and then everybody starts getting sick and falling over and can't figure out why. Well, you do have the book Population Control, so I assume that's kind yep. of one of the tenets of this whole idea is to reduce. Yep, it's in there. Well, I guess that's another thing, though, in a sense. I mean, we've been talking for a long time, but they haven't, like, wiped out a giant swath of the population uh, yet, so. We're <laughs> well, well, they haven't. the people haven't just dropped over like flies, so that it's real obvious. But if you'll go and look at the uh, uh, death certificates, uh, death uh, statistics, uh, yeah, more and more people are dying off of more and more weird things, you know. But it's just that, oh, well, uh, you know, it's just like people that, uh, that die of AIDS. They don't put down die of AIDS. They That's put, true, yeah. They like put pneumonia down, well, they died of pneumonia or something like that. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. And they just really haven't tabulated up on how many people are getting killed. Right, right. Well, you know, it's kind of like this technology. I sometimes wonder. It's not. It, I, I'm helpless to do anything about it, and I'm probably being too paranoid. But I sometimes wonder if the if all this Wi-Fi is good, is, is, could be bad no, for us. It can't be good for you. And but again, but you know, but see, once once Pandora's box is open, you don't get it back in. You know, you can't very well come back and say, okay, everybody, get hand in your transistor radios and hand in all your stereos and right. because it's bad for you. Nah. What we need to do though is we need to have some uh, organization that actually represents the good of the people. Uh, right now in Washington, you know, for every congressman, uh, he's probably got like 20 lobbyists <laughs> assigned to him uh, and and her uh, telling them, oh, this is great. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right, right. And we all got to have this, blah, blah, blah. Well, where, where are the advocates for the other side? Where are the ones who will say, well, now, wait a minute. We've been looking at the statistics. We've been looking at the scientific papers. This stuff can be hazardous to your health. You know, it's just not there. Uh, and you've seen what we've gone through with uh, cigarettes, for example. Uh, when I was a young man, it was uh, here's uh, uh, Lucille Ball and Humphrey Bogart, you know, on the TV saying, "Hey, smoke camels, they're good for you." Right, right. And not only celebrities, but doctors. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember seeing. Remember seeing the ads where the doctors would say, "Ah, oh, smoke Chesterfields, they're more mild," you know. And then it took years of fighting with the tobacco industry before they finally grudgingly admitted that, yeah, well, they do cause cancer and they do cause problems. And then they began to work to try to curtail them. But uh, where, where, where's the, uh, where's a similar effort being uh, taken to protect us from electromagnetic pollution? You know, it's just not there because yeah. everybody's making money on it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, it is—it's kind of worrisome because you don't see it, but you're you're awash in these Wi-Fi waves. And I'm sure there's people listening who are like raising their their fists and saying, "Oh, you're crazy! This is fine." It's this, uh, but it's like, dude, I don't know. I mean, we don't have much—we <laughs> don't have much of a reference point for like people living in seas of Wi-Fi signals. So it's that's like true. we don't know. We don't. We just don't know. We just don't know. All we do know is that uh, if you were to uh, stand in front of a giant microwave oven and turn that sucker way up high, it will kill you. Okay. So you know, a little bit beaming you, uh, accumulating in your system, can't be good. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like we may find out in ten years that they're like, oh, it turns out you. You know, he, he, you could probably go in a room and use the stuff, but you can't really live in it, and now everyone's got cancer. It's like, yep. who knows? Who knows? Exactly. But well, if that, that happened, they'd make it, they'd, that's, that's when they'd find a cure for it, cancer. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be any uh, thought processes, you know, looking to the future as to what's the, what is this going to do, you know. It's just, hey, this is cute, and it'll make us some money right now. Let's do this. Right, right. Well, that kind of connects too with the idea of, uh, you know, that they're that they're talking about 
well, robots all the time now. That yeah. There's going to be robots that they're already saying like that. You know, this may happen in like ten years or something. This may really happen in ten years. Uh, the they're like all these truck. The whole trucking industry is going to change because they're going to have all like uh, what, what do you call those robot drivers? Whatever you know, automatic automated driving trucks. Yep. And and so and but the argument I guess and we don't is, and we don't know what that you know what how that could turn out. Not well. <laughs> Probably not well. I mean, you may get your broccoli like a, a day earlier, but you know, uh, all these people are going to be out of jobs and stuff. Well, the thing is, like, no one, you know, I guess that, like the point is that they they're not really they don't really plan for all the consequences of these things, and this no, technology is getting better and better to the point that they need to slow it down. That's true. But you try telling that to some big oh, company that says, "Oh, we got a new Vivo Fitzer here, you know, and uh, we can charge the twenty nine ninety five for this and make a million. Are you going to really? Do you really think that there's going to be somebody who says, "No, let's don't do that because uh, the little parts may come loose and they might harm people," and you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't think ahead like that. Yeah, see, already people in the chat room are saying, don't worry about Wi-Fi. It's not ionizing radiation. So I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> I'm going to worry about it. No. Um, I'm still going to use it and enjoy it all the time, every day. So, but, <laughs> but just, just just wear your aluminum suit. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm already I'm reserving the right ahead of time to say I told you so when I <laughs> yeah. when my feet fall off or something. Uh, so we talked about the we talked well. Have you ever considered this? Because I, I I run in a lot of interesting UFO circles, and a lot of my friends they're really down on the ETH. And I'm sure you've sort of heard all the arguments in a sense. So like, what are your? I don't think we've ever really explored this too much because it seems like you're pretty you're pretty on board with what would be appear to be Occam's Razor's answer there that the that the aliens are that there's aliens and they're coming here. But a lot of people think you know. All kinds of uh, crazy different theories, you know, alternate dimensions, uh, mind perception type things. I mean, what do you, right. what's your take on that whole thing? Well, you know, I've lived through the whole thing, and uh, back in the 50s, uh, the question was, do they come from Mars or do they come from Venus? And then we got a little more sophisticated in our knowledge, and the question became, do they come from Alpha Centauri or Zeta Reticula 4, you know, but then we continued and through the uh, 80s, 90s, uh, we even got more sophisticated in our thinking and uh, the question began, do they come from another time, another dimension, uh, another, uh, uh, you know, aspect of uh, of our reality? Right. And uh, the answer is Yes. <laughs> there you go. To everything, all of the above. I yeah. think. I think there's just all kinds of stuff going on in the universe, and uh, some of it's uh, some of it's quite real and quite here, and some of it's kind of nebulous, and some of it's kind of fleeting. You know, they may come here and take one look and go, "Yuck, who wants to stay here?" You know. Well, is there any of those sort of like far-out ideas that have ever like sort of caught your attention where you say, you know, I know you say yes, all the above, but at the same time, is there anyone aside from the ETH where you're like, yeah, you know, they could be time travelers. Uh, that might, you know, that might actually be possible or something. Has anything like yeah. that ever jumped out at you? Well, if uh, if you really study the time travel issue, you find that uh, 
that we are probably, uh, I mean, this isn't me, because I'm just an old reporter. Uh, right. I know what I know, but uh, I'm not a scientist. But that there are knowledgeable people who say that it's possible to have time travel within, say, 10 years. 10 years, that's not very long. And um, and if and if they say we can have it within ten years, that means probably somewhere in a government lab they've already got it. Yeah. You know, because they they're already working that far ahead. Now, uh, you know how all of that would play out. Uh, you know, is anybody's uh, guess. But uh, yeah, there's just so much weird stuff going on, and uh, thankfully most people don't have to deal with it. You know, they can either read about it in a science fiction book or see it on TV as a movies or just forget about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an interesting point because you and I, we, we live in this field. It's kind of crazy. Do you ever – how does that make you feel, you know? Do you ever get kind of fat? Do you ever wish you didn't know what you know because it's like <laughs> yeah, frustrating as hell? It, yeah, it would be nice to kind of go back to being naive and wonder if there really was anything going on uh, but uh, I tell you what, it's uh, it's a cumulative knowledge. Uh, for example, as far as I know, I have never seen a uh, a UFO. Uh, you know that I could definitely say, well, that's a spaceship. You know, right? Uh, or or for that matter, an alien. That uh, I mean, I've seen lots of weird folks and <laughs> just go to Walmart sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but but I'm not going to try to say he's a Martian or right. they, they come from another star system. But uh, when you talk, when you've lived, studied, uh, and talked to people like I have as a reporter over the years, and you, and you talk to uh, pilots, both their uh, commercial and military, and military officers, uh, police officers. Uh, air traffic controllers, uh, people who know, and, and it's their job to know these things, then pretty soon you, you just know. You just know that they're real and yeah. they're happening. You know, it's uh, it's amazing that we haven't uh, haven't caught one yet, you know, and, and we will eventually. That something will happen and it, it, it won't be just some couple out in the middle of nowhere that says, look what I saw. It'll yeah. Be, it'll be something that everybody sees. And and we see this all the time. Just uh, if you're skeptical in, in, about UFOs, go uh, to Google Images and just type in UFO. Oh, Jesus. And I really, you'll be there for months, years maybe. Looking yeah, at yeah. And, and even if half of it is uh, phony, that means the other half is not. So exactly. there's, some, there's something going on, folks. There really is. There's a big, wide, wonderful universe out there, and uh, every aspect of it does not include us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We're lucky to uh, we're lucky to have a, a role in all this. If yeah, you, whatever. We're, it may we're be. lucky. We're lucky they haven't come and eaten us. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. We gotta spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? Now, I want to jump back to sort of current events here uh, as we go into the last half hour of this conversation. Because, uh, you know, what I find interesting, it seems, with all this 
Well, it seems like a very tumultuous world right now. It, would, it feels like there are these battles going on between, uh, you know, agencies or, or, or power centers that are sort of bubbling up in the surface, and that's what we're seeing, you know, on the news and stuff. When you know, the, it's like Trump versus the intelligence agencies, and 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 something's going on there, you know. So, I mean, I guess, can you enlighten me to that? What you see going on there, like what what is what do you think is 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 at the root of this? Hmm. Is it the globalists trying to stop this this up up you know uh, uprising of anti globalism? I mean, that's what it seems to be to me. But I mean, uh, maybe there's more to it. Yeah, they uh, they have a game plan, and they're trying to work that game plan, and it does not include uh, humans standing up for themselves. So they they're always trying to keep us off balance, afraid, uh, you know. And uh, oh, they're going to get you. That's why we we keep getting that narrative pushed to us. And uh, I think the thing, the big danger is, is that we, uh, the military particularly, and the intelligence agencies now have the uh, technological capability of creating some of this stuff. Um, I don't know, you may not remember this, but I wrote about this in uh, one of my books about, uh, I think it was 2009, where Celine Dion uh, sang a duet with uh, Elvis Presley. Oh, yeah, the hologram, right? The hologram, yeah. And it was so real that the people in the auditorium felt like they were actually watching Elvis and and, uh, the singer perform. And... What kills me is is that they took videotape of it. I think you can still find this on the Internet. And uh, you can take a picture of it, and it, it, it looks like they're real. Now, if we've got that kind of capability right now, today, just think what they could make happen, you know, make yeah. things appear in the sky, make giant Jesuses or giant Mohammeds come to life and, you know, and so I think we have to be on guard for uh, to, so that we don't get tooled around on uh, on some kind of uh, technological uh, advancement because they're they're ahead of where we are. Oh, that's for sure. I don't know if anyone would even believe it if a Jesus was in the sky. As crazy as as crazy as that sounds, if someone just joined us just now, they're probably like, "What is going on?" <laughs> yeah. But I don't. I mean, I think that people, how you know, a percentage of the people are are half expected through conspiracy theories, and a large percentage of the population is just so fucking cynical that they they wouldn't they'd say it was a stunt or a marketing thing or a hoax or or you know or God knows what you know they wouldn't trust right. it they wouldn't believe it. Right. But that's. Uh... But that's uh, that would be the hope. Yeah. But now, but now, if you and, and an entire city of people look up and see a huge ship hanging above you that says "We come in peace" and uh, line up, we'll give you free food. Uh, <laughs> hey, ha, ha, how many people are going to line up? A bunch. A good amount. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm tempted to line up because the food sounds interesting. What is what is, <laughs> yeah, really. what, what is alien food? Is it good? I don't know. I'm gonna have to try it. 
Well, uh, don't don't remember the old uh, I think it was the Outer Limits or whatever. Where oh, they, Twilight Zone, yeah. How to yeah, Twilight Zone, where they found the book to serve man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and everybody's going, oh, good, they're going to take care of us, and they said, no, it's a cookbook. <laughs> so I I it seems like the consensus is that this this Trump thing is going to come to an end sooner than later. Yeah, um, unfortunately. Well, we're all, we're all going to figure. It, it won't be too much longer before we figure out whether, uh, you know, it's. It, and there are still, I'm sure, diehard Trump fans who are thinking that. Well, you know, just give him a little more rope, and he'll 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 rein things in, and he's uh, he's trying to get along to go along, and and you know. But once everybody figures out that no, he's just another uh, New World Order tool job. Uh, then we're right back where we started from. Well, there seems to be some concern that he's going to see his that the only time people liked him was when he bombed Syria, and that he's going to like orchestrate a war or a false flag situation. But that's more conspiracy talk. But I mean, what do you? Right. Uh, it's worrisome, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Well, the thing is, who are why are we bombing anyway? Who are we bombing and why? You know, they say, well, we don't like Assad. Well, wait a minute, what's Assad ever done to us? Nothing. Okay? He he may be a 10 horn two-bit dictator, but he's their two-bit, two, ten-horn dictator. Yeah. And if if they don't like him, let, let them get rid of him, you know? And, of course, the thing is, it looked like we were about ready to topple him over by creating ISIS. Which then turns out to be our worst enemy, and and it, and we created them, and we funded them, and we're still doing that. And then just when it looked like that uh, we were going to get rid of Assad, which was their game plan, Russia steps in, and and, and Putin says, "Oh, you guys want to uh, fight ISIS? Well, here, let us help you." And they came in there with the Russian air power and. And in two, three weeks, they did more damage to ISIS than we'd been doing over the past two years. And uh, the whole idea is to get the poppy fields going again. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, and get the gas pipeline through there. It's always a money deal. There's never this isn't about freedom and democracy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's just it's it's a uh, anytime they try to anytime they they like turn over. They cause a regime change. It turns into a nightmare. I I think right. they should stop doing that. <laughs> like, right. Most we of say, well, problems. we don't we don't like this guy in charge, so we get rid of him. And the next thing you know, that that particular country is just falling into third world shabbiness, and and nothing's right. You know. Yeah, I mean, look at look at uh, Iraq. It seems like it's crazy over there. You yeah. know. So, I don't know what. I don't know, but but. Well, I guess, how about this? This is also concerning me, or maybe you can, you can calm me down. Uh, all this Russia stuff, I mean, they seem like they're gearing us up for World War Three, man. I mean, I think that's, that everybody seems to be feeling, like, very tense, more tense about this than I can ever recall. That, that's you know. because we're being told to be tense about this. Okay. You know, because the people that control the mass media now have suddenly decided Russia's the big enemy. And uh, that's like it's just like you didn't like the way the election goes. Russia was behind it. Hmm. You know, come on, it's 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 just propaganda. It's just it's just a, a real load and that they're dumping on us. 
Now, here's the thing. Let's look at Russia. Uh, Russia, like any politician, you cannot trust anything they say. Mm-hmm. They'll say anything, right? And just like any, you know, you, you can tell a politician's lying to you if his mouth's moving. There you okay. go, yeah. All right, so let's watch and look at Russia. Russia, uh, when communism collapsed at the uh, end of the uh, 80s, um, they said, okay, okay, it's all over with. We will withdraw our military from Eastern Europe. Keep in mind, the Russian army has, since World War II, had occupied Hungary, Czechoslovakia, uh, the Baltic states, uh, Poland, uh, you know, uh, Hungary. Mm-hmm. And uh, did I miss something? Did we have a war and push them out of there? No. They said, we will voluntarily pull our troops out of Eastern Europe and go back to a, you know, the copacetic and laser fair type situation if you will promise not to expand NATO. And we said, okay, we agreed to that. And yet, now what has actually happened? They voluntarily pulled their troops out of Eastern Europe, no longer occupying that part of the globe. And what have we done? We have included Poland now and trying to push the Ukraine into NATO, putting missiles in there, ringing Russia. So who's who's the bad guy? Who's the aggressor in that situation? Yeah, I mean, you make a compelling argument. It's a shitty thing for us to do, that's for sure. Um, you know, I guess the point is <laughs> someone somewhere wants us to fight them, or at least they want us to build up. Now you're getting it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's well, at least like, a new Cold War that they can just keep building missiles and not ever use them. Well, that comes back to the greatest conspiracy in the world and the proof of conspiracy, okay, which is that, uh, you know, we – I think any thinking person, and Tim, I think you'll agree with me, that we have the technological knowledge and ability today to uh, feed, house, and clothe uh, the human population. Oh, yeah, there's tons of empty space in Canada and stuff. You could easily yeah. fit almost everybody up there. Okay, except we don't. In fact, uh, even as we're talking here and even as your listeners are listening uh, to the cast, uh, we know that uh, there are literally thousands of children starving to death right now. Now, why is it that way? I don't want it that way. I know you don't want it that way. And I submit to you it's that way because somewhere somebody wants it that way. And we've got to identify who these people are that want that type of situation and clear them out of the way. Hmm. Well, why? Why? So we can have a peaceful, equitable world. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, it's. I wonder sometimes where it's all headed, though. That's all, you know. It seems uh, seems worrisome. That's all. That's Whoa. true. Well, it's worse. What is going on? See, I don't know. You're being attacked by the dog. I was having a premonition there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the um, I think. Uh, 
I think uh, most people would like a peaceful, uh, compatible world. I know. I was just giving you a brief. And, in fact, uh, you want to know my two-word solution for uh, ending all war? What's up? Two words. Stay home. What do you mean? I mean, if everybody stays home, there wouldn't be a war. Oh, stay home from the war, yeah. Yeah, just stay home. Just like a general strike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's go invade Iran. No, I'm going to stay home. <laughs> uh, it, sounds, it sounds silly, but actually it could work. All you got to do is just say no. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's interesting because it seems like they've – I guess it is kind of is the same way. But, I mean, back in the day, people toiled on their farms and stuff, and now people just toil at their jobs. It's like they still have this sort of, like, strange system in place that keeps everybody just working all the time. Right, know? right. Like, why? Well, We'd be a much better planet if everybody <laughs> – you know, not well, even if we were all equals, but if the gap, like, <laughs> there was less of a enormous gap between the giant super rich and the and the uh, and the destitute. Well, what you have to do is we have to figure out that uh, there's really not any jobs for everybody anymore. It used to be uh, in the whole history of the world, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. You know, and that's why people had big families, so that, you know, if one or two kids died off of whooping cough, you still had four or five left to, <laughs> yeah. till, to till the field, you know. And uh, everybody worked, everybody produced, okay. But today, with technology, uh, quite frankly, everybody doesn't need to be working. And yet, uh, we're still operating under the old Christian work ethic that if you don't work, if you're not holding down a job, then you're just a bum, <laughs> you know, and a and a leech right. on, on society. But uh, we've got to get over that, and what we've got to do is get to the point to where we understand that everybody has something they can contribute. Okay, maybe maybe you like digging in the dirt, so you can be a, a dirt digger. Uh, maybe maybe you like to paint, so you can be a painter. You know, and everybody and, and if people would was doing what they want to be doing, they would quickly gravitate towards the things they can do well, and uh, the painter would be making money, the writer would be making money, uh, everybody would be getting along, and uh, the people down on the hind hind end that weren't doing a whole lot, nevertheless, they still could get paid. And still share in the uh, foods uh, by the, 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 the being produced by the people who want to do that, you know. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it could all happen. We could we could have a utopian world here if we would just want it, but uh, just you know they don't want it. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the case. Now we only got Jim for another 15 minutes folks, but I still have some time on the clock after that. So if you want to call in, I'll do something I've never done. I'll let you call in, you know, in the last half hour and I'll chat with you guys. Uh the number is 646-378-1868 and uh you can find it on the page where you're listening to the show anyway. Um now I want to do justice to this Battlefield Earth cuz uh, our friend Carmen is the one who Helped get this interview put together. So, how are you? How are you involved with that project? Oh, I'm just a big. I'm, I'm just a big supporter. Just a big you know, fan. They, nice. have, they have. Uh, 
a uh, audio uh, book version that is just outstanding. Um, Tim, when I was a young kid, and I hate to date myself, but this is before television. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that we couldn't afford a television. It was that nobody had a television. They hadn't been invented yet, maybe. I don't know. Well, it was invented, but nobody had it. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It's like that old thing. Oh, the, the, yeah, the rich have the technology first anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even TV. So we'd, we'd listen to the radio, and we'd listen to radio dramas uh, like The the Shadow and uh, Gunsmoke, Tarzan, Amos and Andy, all of these shows. It was great. And they would actually, you know, speak the parts, have sound effects and everything. But it was a... Uh, it was a mutual uh, type effort because you you had to visualize for yourself what was going on. You didn't have TV to just put it right in front of you and say, here it is. Well, they've kind of done this with Battlefield Earth, the uh, audio book, which, by the way, has already garnered some uh, awards and, in, in fact, put up for an Eddie Award. Um because of uh, it, it's incredible. There are 68 sound characters that, that read the different parts. You've got 150,000 oh, wow. 150, sound effects. You got a musical score that was written specifically for this uh, audio book, and you just sit there and listen to everything, listen to them carry on the story, and and it's it's quite an amazing experience. I call it a uh, movie of the mind, and uh, so you know, go to battlefieldearth.com, and I think you can listen to a swath of that and. And that should convince you this is something you probably need to have because if you're a truck driver or if you're tra- traveling on a long trip or whatever, uh, this would be the perfect companion because you can keep your eye on the road, but you can keep your mind on the story. Nice, nice. Sounds yeah, good. It, it is. And and I think they've got it down where it's uh, very, very inexpensive. Yeah, for sure. People that... It seems like yeah, they've gotten uh, as the technology improves, people uh, you know all the little yeah. things, the fun things they can kind of like improve as well. So that's, that's a good true. Thing. <laughs> that's true. So if so, if you like a, a really good story and one that's really quite up to date, because uh, in fact I think the whole premise is uh, built on the idea that uh, the uh, our space probe, the Voyager two is now out beyond the Cooper Belt, which means it's out past our solar systems, which means we now have um, a man-made object out in interstellar space. And uh, the, the, the plot of the story is is that these aliens pick it up and then they're able to trace where it comes from and follow it back to Earth, and that's why they want to take and uh, mine the mineral resources of the Earth which is not so far-fetched, you know. Uh, even uh, Stephen Hawking, you know, and, and others have warned maybe we ought to be cautious about who we broadcast our location uh, in space to because we might not like who shows up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, hey, I, sometimes I wonder that as a podcaster, so. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> 
So give me a, give me a thumbnail on the on the new book that's coming out on June thirteenth. It's uh, the Illuminati, the secret society that hijacked the world. Uh, you've alluded to some of the elements in the book, but you know, give me that's give me right. the elevator pitch. Give me give me the thing because people can go right now and uh, pre-order it if they yes, want. Yes, you so. pre-order it right now and probably get a good price on it. Um, this is uh, like I said, kind of a follow-on to Rule by Secrecy, and it um, what it does is number one, go back and show. Uh, the various secret societies and how they know what they knew and uh, what happens when they pool their information and uh, find out uh, who's really running the show. And uh, they uh, laid the groundwork for secret societies that are now vying for control of the world. Uh, And to understand what's going on in the world, you need to understand about these societies, how they operate, and what their goals are, and you will find out in the Illuminati. Nice, nice. Well, it seems, you know, we uh, it, it's a mixed bag, man. I mean, we've been talking for like uh, for like twelve years here, and it's like we're still alive, we're still around. Yeah. We're not like slaves to the system. It's like, uh, well, I mean, we're kind of slaves to the system, but we're not like yeah. actual. <laughs> speak, for, speak for yourself, Tim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You got to do in those dishes, Jim. I think you got it figured out. That's right. Um, so you know, it, sometimes you wonder if it's like, are these are these problems going to be passed down to the next generation? It's like, are we going to miss? Are we going to miss the, the the worst of it? You sometimes wonder because it's like things seem to be getting worse, but it's getting worse at such a slow pace that like I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and I'll I'll miss the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, but but also the fact is that our consciousness keeps getting raised, mm. and uh, we're becoming more and more aware of all this. You know, you and I 12 years ago talking about secret society trying to run the world. Uh, the vast majority of people listening would have gone, ah, God, boy, they're just nuts. And today it's uh, they're listening because mm. uh, we realize that this stuff is happening. Uh, this past so-called election, I think, should have pretty well shown that. I mean, you had uh, you had your uh, media hires and the and the uh, tools and the and the experts, and they're all telling you one thing, and it turns out that's not right at all. So obviously, there's uh, more to reality than what we think we know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So let me see. Let me see if I got anything else on here. Uh, no, I kind of planned it pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you did. Just one more, one more message. What's Buy that? my book. Exactly. <laughs> Buy all the books, folks. Buy all of them. I'm telling you, the new one small. is the new one is the Illuminati, the secret society that hijacked the world, yeah. and that's available June thirteenth. You can go to Amazon right now and pre-order it. And I can't put over. Uh, I still think of uh, alien. It's funny when I was thinking about it when we first talked. 12 years ago, you had like four books. And now I was looking at the list tonight. I'm like, wow, my God, this, this, is, a lot, this is a lot of books. Things are things are heating up like we said. You know, it's getting uh, it's getting crazier and crazier. But I'm glad to hear that you're, you're, you're uh, you know, you're on the mend. And um, sorry to hear that, you know, you might have to cut back on your traveling because, you know, I know yeah. people love to see you. But maybe you could. Uh, well, you they got that's why God invented Skype. Exactly. Well, you you know what you should do because you you live relatively close to Aurora. You should be like that. You should be like like you know those people that just stay in Vegas and they yeah. have to come to you. So it's yeah. like come to Aurora, 
you know, and meet Jim Mars there. That's what I did, and it was awesome. I can't thank you enough for that, by the way. It really was uh, tremendous. It's quite an interesting place, uh, Aurora. It was. Give me a little lawn chair and an umbrella and <laughs> sit out by the highway, you know. Yeah, yeah. A little, little sign that says truth, $5. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You'd be surprised who'd turn up. You'd be surprised. Well, like I said, Jim, I can't thank you enough. And, uh, you know, this is the last uh, season of the show. We're going to we're gonna come back in some form or fashion in the future. This isn't the last time I was I'm going to be say, talking to you. Can't keep a good man down. No, no, absolutely not. So, uh, but, but I do want to thank you for, for being a part of uh, what has been this tremendous collection over the last 12 years. Um, you know, and, and it's just been an absolute thrill and an honor. And, and uh, you know, you're part of the fabric of – of what I've been doing here for over a decade. And I, I can't thank wow. you enough. And, and uh, I love you, man. I really do. And I hope you feel better soon. Thank you, Tim. Good night. Good night, Jim. There you go, folks. That was Jim Mars on the season premiere of Banal of America Audio Season 10. Let's see if anybody actually called in. I even tweeted it. No, none of you fools called in. My goodness. All right, well, I'll give out the number one more time since we're still live. Where is that, Where is that number? Uh, 646-378-1868. And uh, I guess we'll hang on for like a minute or two to see if anyone <laughs> calls in. But that was, that was amazing. That was so much fun. I, uh, I, I, we covered so many topics there. That was really uh, tremendous stuff. And, and uh, really interesting to hear Jim's perspective on things. And really crazy when you think about how much time has passed since we first talked uh, for BOA Audio Season 1. It's absolutely, it's absolutely amazing. I remember uh, one of the things I asked him at the end of uh, that first interview was, what do you think is going to happen in 2012? So it's pretty crazy. That's ancient history now, and nothing happened. So, oh, now we got all kinds of callers. Look at that, see? All right, let me put this person on first. Hey, uh, 608 area code. I've put you. Uh, I've put you through. Oh, hi. Uh, Hello. This is Jim Ledeco. Hi. Hey, Jim. What's Tim? going on, buddy? Oh, not too much. I was just you know hanging out, listening to you, and it's kind of uh, weird. I had I'd uh, turned on the volume on the computer because uh, you know there's a delay between what I'm hearing and the phone. Right. Right. That. No problem. Yeah, that's kind of standard operating procedure. So, what are you calling in for? Thank you for calling in because I asked people to call in. So, what what can I do for you? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of you and uh, Greg Bishop and uh, Nick Redfern and people like that. And I just thought maybe we could uh, talk about the you know the ETH and and why that's kind of falling out of favor. Uh, I don't know. I think it's or just. That's- I, no, I got an answer for you. <laughs> like, well, I just think they, yeah, they, I have they, my own. They've exhausted the, they've exhausted the ETH. Like, you can't ring anything else out of that stone. So you have to look at under other stones, because we can't. You know, it, 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 you've reached the end of the line with the ETH for for all intents and purposes until we until we get that ET. <laughs> you know. Well, here, here's so, the thing. You know, um, I'm a I'm a big fan of John Keel. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you know he, you know back he used to be a journalist, right? And he would he would go he would drive around all over the country interviewing UFO witnesses and stuff like that. And by the fifties, if not the or the sixties, if not by the fifties, he was already smelling a rat. That you know there's 
seems like there's no there there. There's nothing you can really grab onto. There's no physical right. evidence. There's no uh, – it really doesn't seem like we're physically being visited by aliens. And and so, you know, a lot of his writings are all around that now where he really talked about, well, you know, what could the other explanations be? And I think, you know, he talked about window areas and all this stuff and – not really quite sure what his theory was. He talked about stuff like ultra-terrestrials, but I kind of think that, uh, you know, I, I do have to wonder if, if, you know, if there isn't a psychological component. You know, certain yeah, areas mean, have... Yeah, for sure. You I know, think that, like, I think kind of what Jim said in a sense, it's like all of the above. I think uh, I think people can conjure UFOs with their minds, Um you know whether there's something behind the UFO itself that they conjure is a is a whole other question. You know, but I think like I think that happens plenty of times. Well, um, I would say there's there's a there's a phenomenon, right? There's a thing that an experience that happens. But you know, it's 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 one thing to say to describe the experience. It's another thing to make it leap to what the cause is. Hmm. I guess that's where Absolutely. I'm coming from. Is um, you know, so people yeah. experience these things. They, they they may see aliens. They may see uh, lights in the sky. They might see people working on their spacecraft. You've probably seen these stories, right? You know that um, I think Keel wrote about them, and I'm sure somebody else wrote about them. Um, that it almost seems like a dead giveaway. That it's like a staged kind of deal. And you got to wonder yeah. what's going on. You know, how, how much of it? You know, is there a psyop going on as part of this? Is some of it just uh, literally? Uh, happening in people's minds? Are, are there probably many explanations? You know, it could be more than one thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is more than one thing. I think it absolutely is. Let's. Uh, I'll keep you on here. Let's because there's some other guy on hold or, or person on hold. And uh, okay. So and, and since it's not like 30 people, it's just one person. We'll bring them in too because it seems kind of lame, lame to leave them hanging. So 262 area code. You're on with uh, with Benal and Jim Lydica. I shouldn't say you're loud. I don't know how that works. Hello? Yes, who's this? This is Steven. Steven. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Tim, oh. I heard that one people <laughs> you said call that in. The way you said that like like I knew, like like it was a Steven. Oh, I no, 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 no. No, I've, I've been a long-time listener. I've been listening to you since season one, and it's kind of funny. I was uh, listening to old Art Bell on YouTube at a job I had, and for some reason one of your episodes popped up, and – here, I was thinking it was it was art. <laughs> oh, man, thanks. I appreciate that. Well, oh, no, I, I compliment all yours. And, you know, I started listening. I was like, wow, this guy's really good. And I've been following you ever since. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to call you. Thank you for all the great programming you did and all the guests that you've had on. Thanks to them as well. And i got to tell you, man, we need a reunion of the good parade. you got to do it for me, buddy. Oh, uh, there'll be a there'll definitely be a good parade reunion as part of season ten. It's almost a given. It has to happen. Okay. So there will definitely be a good parade. Calm down reunion. a little bit since the election, and you know we can get some more laughs in there. <laughs> oh God, there'll be plenty of laughs. Hey, if you listen to that election episode now, it's hilarious. So I I still well, sometimes okay. put put it on for a chuckle just to hear how hear us hear us slowly melting down on on live radio. Well, and I, I don't want to take away from the paranormal topic at hand here because, you know, you had the uh, incomparable Jim Marzon, as you would put it. But um, i got to say my favorite episode of The Good Braid is still the Garbage Pail Kids episode. That episode was phenomenal. 
Thank you, man. Yeah, that was a classic. We hit a groove there for a while where we were really doing some great shit. Um, but all, as all, we, we flew too close to the sun. <laughs> we flew too close to the sun. It turned you into a real stuff like that. Yeah, man, we just had a great chemistry, and we were all we were both in the sort of right place at the right time, and there was a really cool community that was growing out of that, and then it, <laughs> then, then things just sort of went crazy. So yeah, it was a it was an interesting I gotta, time. I, I got to say, I'm really glad you're back for another season of Banal of America. I, I just my podcast feed has been empty without you, buddy. So thanks oh, for coming man, back. Well, I do I, as I said it. on Facebook. You know, and I, I I know a lot of. It's funny. I feel like I I sort of just curtail my my audience to Facebook now. Jim, we didn't forget about you, man. We know you're still there, buddy. Yeah, I'm still here. All right. Uh, I, I now I've like put Jim on hold, bounce back and forth to you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But I, I said on Facebook, uh, you know, it's. I know some people are probably listening to the season premiere and they're like, yeah, great, Benal's back, but he's probably going to disappear for like another two months. It's like no way, man. This time. We have uh, we got a pretty tight schedule already planned out here, and people already booked, and you know we'll be back next Tuesday night with another episode. So it's not going to be oh, like it has been over the last uh, year or so. It's going to be like boom, 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 boom. So we're gonna have a good time. Hey, hey, hey! I'm, I'm sure you got tons of stuff lined up. I don't know if you're taking suggestions for uh, any guests or anything like that, but a topic I've been really interested in in the past year is the uh, airship mysteries. Yeah, I've been really interested in those too lately. So, yeah, um, doing, uh, yeah Walter, Walter Bosley. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Walter Bosley. Bosley. That's right. He's he seems to do uh, a lot of the work on that. Well, that's good because he's been on the show before. Because I was only planning on really having past guests on, so maybe I'll get Walter on to talk about this airship thing. That would be great. I mean, I've been doing a little bit of my own research on the side too, and the more I dig into it, just the more intriguing it becomes. And I think. There's more there than just about the airships. I think there's a very broad spectrum of things that can be gone into by looking into that particular mystery. But, hey, I just wanted to say I'm a super fan. You're awesome. Show's awesome. And I'm going to get going here. You have a great night. All right. Thank you very much. I don't know if that was Jim or Steven. Who's still here? I'm Jim. There you go. <laughs> I should put. I, so, yeah, I couldn't say you guys sound kind of similar. Anyway, so what were we talking just, about? The uh, the ETH. So I think that here's another thing I've been thinking about. I'll mention this on the show uh, more and more. I think uh, this season is like the the ETH might be like the only thing that you can actually eventually get some tangible proof on or something. Where it's like if they find life on another world, then you already have sort of like the evidence in a sense for ETH. Does that make any sense? Well, just because we know that, that maybe that there's life on some distant planet doesn't necessarily mean that they have the technology to travel here. Right, right. I guess what I'm saying is like is like uh if they find something on another planet then the, the you can take this further step where it's like, okay, then then the ETH is possible, and we don't necessarily know if any of these other theories are possible, that they're time travelers or from other dimensions or even a creation of the mind, you know? Well, I mean, so. yeah, if we find, like, artifacts or something on another planet, like, you say we go to Mars and we find some alien relics or something, you know, that might be something different, but... 
Who knows? It's interesting. But to I, think I about. guess so I, what I, do you? Well, my feeling is that space travel is a hard problem. I mean, as far as we know, the speed of light is, is the speed limit. Now, maybe that's not true. We don't have the advanced physics to know that. So oh, maybe so somebody has figured it out. Get here. It's like, is that your argument, that you don't think the aliens can get here? As far as I know, they can't. You know, maybe, okay. they, you know, maybe they know something that we don't. But, I but presume it, it they know like, a lot more than we do, yeah. Sure, but um, I mean, I, at least our best knowledge of physics is it's it's a it's an almost impossible problem. I mean, we're talking about you know if we wanted to go to say Alpha Centauri, which is only four light years away, give or take, well, a little over four, but um, we have to build like uh, generation ships or something, or have some kind of suspended animation because it would take hundreds of years for us to get there. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that movie? You know, um, you pa- passengers. Which one? Passengers. Passengers, I don't think with, so. With Jennifer Lawrence, they're on like a, they're on a ship like what you're talking about. It's a good movie. Are you pulling a Jim Mars and calling into the show so you don't have to do the dishes? Because I'm hearing dishes in the background where you are too. Unless like the CIA is listening uh, to my call and they're doing dishes. Uh, no, the only noise in the background here is I've got an air freshener. And I'm in my basement smoking a cigarette. All right. Anyways. So, all right, you don't think they can get here? Well, that's interesting. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they, I feel like they probably could figure out a way to get here, but who knows? Um, you know. But I guess I, I guess my, my feeling though is that well, um, so you're, are you familiar with DMT, the Spirit Molecule, the, the book? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you, you know that people that have undergone DMT experiences have seen creatures that are very much like the aliens and abduction experiences. Yeah, you know, even so you think it's like a mental. It, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I agree that the abduction thing is even is super flimsy. I don't think really like, I think, uh, I think like ninety percent of the quote unquote abductions are like, are not really abductions. Well, like, it, you know, think, a plus uh, you know, in the classic sense. Well, people like Bud, Bud Hopkins and whatnot have used like hypnosis to regress people, and and that's turned out to be psychologically right. speaking. BS that um, that that doesn't work. You're if, in fact planting false memories in people by doing that. This is what's happening. Um, right, exactly. So it's to me, it's like yeah, yeah. It's very you have to throw out like the whole history of abduction research in a sense because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, it's very questionable now, and um, you know, and there's no one really. The abduction field is fascinating because it's like it kind of died when those when the two when the two main guys died and the other one uh, got engulfed in scandal. So it's, uh, there's really no one you know, to, I mean, to carry the torch anymore. But going back, you know, Jacques, Jacques Vallée talked about, you know, um, that, well, actually Keel got there first, but pointing out that, that these abductions were very much like people being captured by fairies, you know, back hundreds of years ago. You right, know, right. Stories are very similar, missing time or warp time. And, you know, and, and the creatures are, are, not too dissimilar physically, you know, described that uh, you, you got to wonder that there's some psychological component to this. Yeah, I think there is. I think there is. But what to, to, to what degree, you know, those are the answers we're all searching for, Jim. Yeah, I mean, my best guess, and, and, and this is, you know, obviously purely speculative, but um, I, I think that 
um, you know, in, in Europe, there are a lot of places where they, they seem to, you've heard of ley lines, and, and, and you've probably heard that they, you know, they built all these structures on ley lines, um, so, and supposedly they are, they're uh, uh, megalithic structures that can tune the flow of, of these, of basically what it is, is the electromagnetic energy of the earth. Um, it's possible that there are certain places where there's like a, a resonance that can affect your brain. That, yeah. That's that's kind of my my theory is that there are certain spots that can that resonate at a certain frequency and that it will trip something in your brain to make you experience something. That's my best guess as to what might be going on. It's entirely possible, you know. It's entirely possible. The question is, is are we ever going to find out? You know what I mean? Is it, is it even knowable? Can we can we figure yeah, it out? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. How do you define? Yeah, how do you uh, set up a scientific experiment to confirm or deny that? That's I mean because ultimately, if something is not falsifiable, it's not science. So right, you right. know, a proposition has to be falsifiable to be a within the purview of science. I guess is where I'm coming from. Yeah, fuck science, dude. They fucking they turn their back on all the weird shit. <laughs> well, you, you know. know. I appreciate I, I think science, science and all that. I know people are going to like, you know, poor Tyler Cokejohn is going to be like, no! But, yeah, you know, to me it's like, I like science and all, but, you know, it seems pretty impotent if it can't solve any of these mysteries, you know, definitively. Well, the science is a, me- is a methodology, right? I mean, you know, and, and it's only as good as the people that practice it. Yeah, you know, and, and we have, true. And we, have, and we have these social institutions that are, you know, are, are based around inertia and slow to change. And, you know, um, there are all kinds of things like, like the whole uh, peopling of the Americas, you know, the, the, the Bering Strait and, and all that stuff. You know, now they're finding, you know, newer and newer, or older and older, I should say, evidence of humans being in the Americas prior to, like, the Clovis. And, you know, for a long time it was, like, the Clovis first theory. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and so... It has been a very slow process to get the uh, the world of I don't know, anthropology or whatever it is to start examining the new evidence and seeing that oh well, actually we know more now and and then we might have to expand our our uh, you know our investigation some and look at other possibilities. Yeah, well, I mean you know get their I, I mean, back I, together. I mean, you know, I mean, there are hundreds of examples of this, right? I mean, the, you know, even you go back to like the the Copernican theory of the the sun being in the center of the solar system, you know, that was that was totally against religion and everything else at the time, and you know, eventually it won out, but it took a long, long time, and mostly a lot of um, stubborn people had to die off really for that to take take hold. Right, right, exactly. Um... All right. Well, I think I think I'll probably just wrap it up here. No offense to you, Jim. I'm just uh, getting run, no, running I, I, out I'm, of energy. <laughs> that, that's that's cool. I didn't really have a hell of a lot more to say anyway. But yeah, and I, I kind of was worried that I was like, there was a part of me that was like, this poor guy didn't want to fucking come on and be like a half hour long guest on this show. Like he's just trying to call in and chat, and now I'm now I'm like, <laughs> now I'm just like the lonely dude, like and, at 9.30, that's like, so what else is new in your life, man? So we'll, <laughs> we'll, I can tell you we'll what my call dog. a day on that <laughs> and include okay, it. Cool. What's that? What you say? No. I, no oh, I was just joking. I said I could tell you about my dog, but, you know, no. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. actually uh, like, relieved. It was a good show, but then they started talking about that guy's dog. I don't know what the fuck 
I don't know what the fuck Vinal's doing. He's going crazy. So <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate the call, Jim, and uh, I see you all the time on Facebook, so I, I know who you are. Um, and uh, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a good night. All right, you too, man. Good night. Good night. There you go. That was Jim Lydica, and also uh, Stephen called in earlier, and uh, I guess we'll put – We'll put one last call out for anyone who wants to call uh, into the show. Where's the number? 646-378-1868, unless anyone interrupts my wrap-up here. But as I noted to uh, Stephen earlier, uh, you know, now I'm hearing noises in the background. Maybe this is, maybe this is at my house. This is very weird, very strange. No one else is on the line. Very odd. Huh. Anyway, that's freaking me out. But <laughs> I'm the only one here. How is that? How is that possible? Um. So as I was saying to Stephen earlier, we are. Uh, that is really weird. I don't know where that's coming from. I'm going to look around here while I'm on the air and see if there's actually people uh, funking around with dishes. No, this place is... This place is dead quiet. It's weird. Anyway, so, so that is odd. Um, all right, yeah, so as I was saying to Stephen, um, I know a lot of people might be hearing this and they're like, uh, you know, oh, I'm all going to be... He's going to disappear for a while. No, no, we got... Uh, we got a killer show already planned for next Tuesday night. Uh, our old friend Gian Kassar will be back on the program to talk about the uh, the East Area Rapist, or uh, the original Night Stalker, as he's called. And uh, it's this terrifying serial predator that uh, tormented California for years in the 70s and was never caught. And it's become a really hot, hot, hot uh, true crime story right now. And it, it, it was just on uh, 48 Hours, uh, like about a week ago. And Gian, uh, for the longtime listeners, they know how intense Gian is as a researcher. He has just absolutely uh, dug so deep into this case, it's like unbelievable. He has just dug up so much information and he has attacked this thing. And he's going to be on to talk about it. We're also going to have somebody who was affected by the, uh, by the, the ears. It's called, it's funny, it's a funny thing. We'll talk about it with Gian. But this, this part of the reason why this crazy serial predator hasn't uh, gotten the, the attention he deserves. Um, I don't know if that's even the right way to put it, but the attention from people to try and get on this case is because he, he has no catchy name. He has a, he has just a, a kind of a crappy uh, acronym name. And so he kind of like never took hold until the last few years. But it's, uh, yeah, the original Night Stalker is kind of what some people call him, or the East Area Rapist. And this guy is a bad, bad dude. And Gian Casar is hot on the trail of this dude, and he's trying to figure out who he was. And he seems pretty confident that uh, he's going to get to the bottom of it. So that'll be interesting. And we'll also discuss 
since it's been forever since we had him on, you know, the latest developments with the Bermuda Triangle, Jack the Ripper, his thoughts on Bigfoot. He's covered a whole bunch of different stuff and uh, really covered it tremendously well. So uh, we're going to dig into all that with him next week, uh, May 9th at 10 p.m. We're going to go on later in the evening next week. Uh, So, yeah, May 9th at 10 p.m. I have no idea what this sounds in the background are. So, <laughs> but I will not say that they are ghosts or anything. I'm sure it's some kind of weird technological uh, interference or something, but it is, it is annoying me. Um, but who knows? I'm working on upgrading the technology. Whether it will happen in Season 10 remains to be seen, but I'm hoping to uh, eventually ditch the phone. But I just love it so much. Anyway, I guess that's it. I can't keep talking because I'm getting tired. So, (laughs) um, yeah, the people in the chat room are trying to decipher these sounds. It's very weird. Well, I apologize to people who are listening who are like, oh, so annoying, because I'm kind of annoyed by it. So, I don't know. It seems to have stopped now. But, nope, there it goes again. Who are you? Hang up the phone. Uh... Now I feel weird like we're listening to someone's conversation. So <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you uh, so much, folks, for tuning in. And, uh, you know, thank you, uh, thank you for, to the folks in the chat room. Thank you to Jim and Steven who called in. Um, yeah, next week tune in to uh, All of America for uh, – Another edition of the program. I'm like really confused by what's going on here with these sounds. <laughs> I get I gotta be all all unraveled for a while on this one. Um, yeah, Giancasar next week, May 9th, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, join us then, and it's gonna be a fun conversation. It's gonna be a really creepy one, so it's gonna be really. I shouldn't have even said it's gonna be fun because it's really not. It's gonna be creepy, and it's gonna be like, oh, oh my God, that's gonna. <laughs> That's probably your. That's how you're going to be feeling after that one. You're going to be like, "Oh Jesus!" So you have that to look forward to next week. And uh, you know, thank you to all the people who've been sending me nice things about this being the final season. Just relax. I'm not dying. I'm not going anywhere. It's just, you know, we got to tie up some loose ends here so we can kind of uh, tighten up the ship a little bit. And the uh, the seasonal format is just kind of a nightmare. So it's time to. Uh, sort of close the book on that chapter of what we're doing at Banal of America and open uh, a whole new chapter, and that's going to be really exciting too. So, And this is going to be an amazing season because uh, it's going to be – we're going to sort of like put a bow on a lot of these conversations we've had with people over the years uh, like we had here with Jim. So eventually, you know, this whole thing will be kind of like a neat standalone uh, thing. So stay tuned uh, to Banal of America Audio Season 10. Uh, it's going to be an adventure. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Until next week, this is Tim Benall, signing off.